It's been almost two decades we've been on this journey to educate, liberate, and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future, achieve peace of mind, and accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you set your goals and guide you along the way to help you achieve them. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. I'm your host, Johnny Dean, with our own Rick the Professor Plum, Chief Financial Planning Officer. And what a financial future we have. Podcast time, Johnny Dean, Professor Plum. Now, we're still uh, exercising our social distancing. People can't see this, but you are not. Normally, you're here in the studio with me. Not today. You are way off in the distance somewhere. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where... This is what we have to do at this time, right? So you're in our remote studio, and and I should point out too that you do have uh, you do still have some leftover. This was not, as far as I know, this is not coronavirus that you had, right? This no, is just a regular bronchitis. old cough. Uh, the doctors are very confident it's just bronchitis. I've seen doctors; <laughs> don't worry about that. You, it's just a lingering cough that I can't seem to get rid of for about a month now. Right. So it was a good excuse to get us uh, apart, and uh, we don't have to look at each other, but we do get to talk to each other, and we get to talk about things like stocks like investing. You know, normally we talk about planning and things like that. On this particular podcast, we get into managing your financial future, and that's what we do. Well, the financial present is what a lot of people are talking about now. And by the time you're listening to this podcast, and I don't know when it is, people listen at different times, but the markets are still down, most likely by the time that you're listening to this. The bull market ended. It didn't quite make it to 11 years. It was just... Was it like two days short or something like that? Well, it it, it, I, it was the, the, the top, I think, was... February 19th, something like that. But that doesn't matter. What we're going to talk about here has to do with changing your investment style potentially in a market like this. You know, I was going to talk about what to do, how to invest in volatile markets. But you know, you've said before, markets are always volatile in one form or another. I mean, markets are right. down. And so it's a question of, you know, you talked about strategy, well, everything strategy. We talk about the overall strategy between moderate, aggressive, but within each of those different areas, we call them buckets, there are ways to potentially take advantage of what's happening in the world. And not every market is the same, not every downturn is the same. So looking towards the future and hoping for that recovery, uh, how do we position ourselves for the eventual hopefully, recovery. People talk about, you know, when you have like a bucket three, we, we, you said we say buckets, of course. When you have something like a bucket three, if you're not going to touch this money for 12 years, 15 years, something like that, is it important to think about things like this? Well, what you're saying is, yes, it is important to think about things like this, maybe to use this as an opportunity. Right, and you want to be smart about your, your investing. You don't just, you know, throw uh, money to stock market investments and hope that, everything's going to come up roses. We know that you know, even within something you know, like the S&P 500, not all 500 of those stocks within the S&P 500 are expected to do well over the next several years. Some of them are getting hit harder than others uh, based on the economy and what's happening with people out of work and not traveling and doing things. And, so, and other areas may do well depending upon uh, what type of business they are, whether it's more you know, work from home type businesses and things, you know, communication. So there are ways to, instead of just buying, maybe buying very, very, very broad based mutual funds, which for the most part act very similar 
to the market. In fact, they try to be, if you look at their underlying holdings, a lot of them are, uh, they, they look at how divergent they are from the market and very, and many of them are very similar to the overall market as a whole. Uh, instead of using very, very broad-based mutual funds, maybe using individual stock portfolios where the manager is trying to position the you know, investments in the areas where they're more likely to recover, maybe and on the sooner side of the overall market, but trying to stay away from some of the areas that it look like they're going to stay down for a period of time. So, so how do you do that, though? I mean, the average person, I mean, that, that almost in, in some ways sounds like stock picking. It's, it's not necessarily, but in some ways, I guess it is. Well, it is stock picking, and it's it's something that the average person probably should not attempt. Um, it's just one of those things, unless you're very good in watching the markets and watching all the companies and understanding what the cash positions, what their revenue streams look like, uh, what you know those all those different metrics that a lot of people can try to look into. But this is where you know they talk about active management versus passive management. <coughs> passive management is just you know buying an index fund. Uh, active management is maybe. Uh, you know, is somebody who's taking a look at the market and carving off the stocks that don't look so good and hopefully buying the stocks that look better. And so that's where I think in a mark I think in a market like this, active management of those areas may actually add value now, whereas sometimes in a momentum driven market where everything is just going up, um, active management doesn't add as much overall return or maybe not even any overall return to the index yeah. itself. Yeah, um, we've talked too in the past about uh, active versus passive management. I look at it much like I I, I might look at a, uh, a, a a pilot, a pilot of a plane. You know, when everything's going smooth, you're on autopilot. Yeah, you need a pilot there, but how much are they actually doing when everything is is going well? It's when you hit the storm. They're not doing very much because it's all on auto, right? Well, that's it. But it's when you hit the storms, when you hit the rough weather, when you got to make a scary landing, when you got to maneuver around. And I'm not a pilot. Well, what do I know what I'm talking about? But you know what I'm saying. That's where you need to have uh, the, the, the plane actively managed. Well, in this case, I think when things are down, when things are uncertain, uh, this is when I think what you're saying is the value that uh, potentially you can add by using active management. You, you should never say always use passive or always use active. There, there should be a mix. I believe that's true. This is for the pilots out there you know, are very, very good when it comes to those kinds of things. Managers, you know, like I said, when we have a momentum-driven market where everything's going well, manager isn't going to add that much to it. Everything's going well. Everything's flying on autopilot. All the stocks are going up. But when you have a an economy uh, that we have right now, what's happening in the world, there, an active manager should be able to, and this is where I think an individual stock portfolio <coughs> versus a mutual fund, which may have hundreds of stocks in it, um, I think an active manager can actually add value in this type of market. Now, this isn't something, uh, when you have somebody who is actively managing your stuff, your your your, your stocks, your, your bucket three, if we want to call it that, when you have somebody who's actively managing that, that doesn't mean that they're going to predict when a market is going to crash and you should have been in cash. That is not what really an active manager does, correct? No, and, and an active manager, I mean, if you look at some of the active managed portfolios that are out there that, uh, that I am aware of, it's not that they're not down. They're not down as much as the market as I've seen, but they're down. I mean, hey, in this market, the way we've been going, uh, everything has been down. Uh, and so it's just a matter of maybe they're able to find stocks that don't go down as much. Uh, maybe they're able to find stocks that uh, are securities that 
maybe recover or have better resiliency in downturns like this. But no, they can't pick the bottom. They can't pick the top. Uh, but they are doing something that normal people, you and I even for that matter, because we spend time talking to people. I spend time dealing with taxes and everything else. I don't necessarily have 10 hours a day to watch the economy, to watch the individual stocks, to right. look at their cash positions, to look at their revenue streams, to look at you know all the different things that go into the fundamental side as well as the technical side as of picking stocks and how they relate to each other. Not just picking stocks that look good, but also picking stocks that don't necessarily work the same way together so that if different information does come out, it may you've got something that may be a little defensive in there too. To help maybe cushion the blow a little bit. What you're talking about is some discorrelation here and there. All this stuff that active managers generally try to do, generally try to incorporate. Uh, again, when markets are just going up and up and up, as they have for almost 11 years, then it's not it, it you, you don't see the value as much but in times like this i think you can we've talked about potentially and that, that's sort of what the title of this particular episode has to do with here of our podcast potentially changing your investing style at least temporarily what well, does the that growth investment style now we're not talking about getting out of the market we're talking about money that you right. set aside for that good 10 point plus period of time the long-term side of your portfolio uh and maybe changing it from a very, very, very broad-based mutual fund environment to maybe a little bit more uh, condensed, more concise uh, individual security portfolio. You know, I've we've talked not that long ago, just a few episodes back, about what happens if I retire. In fact, I think I may have brought this up. You know, I, in, in January of 2020, and I'm thinking everything's well, and I met my retirement number. I got there. I can get my, my – I have my portfolio set. And then what happens if the market crashed? We actually, we actually use that as an example. I mean, not knowing what was coming, we just happened to coincidentally talk about that. Well, I'll say that, yes, we did know it was coming. We just didn't know when. Well, that's true. The severity of the downturn. We always expect that there's going to be volatility on the negative side whenever we're dealing, especially with a retiree. And that's why not all of their money is in volatile assets. The distribution that they're taking from a portfolio needs to come from a source that is not affected by the market. And not just for a year or two. It may be five, six, seven years or more before the markets recover all the way and start showing positive longer term results, not just one year over year over year, but over, you know, getting into the positives over the past six, seven, eight years. So we want to be able to look at this long term. So somebody who retired in January of 2020, they, what should they be doing right now? They should be enjoying retirement because they know their distributions are set for the next, you know, 10 years. And they know that the money that they saw go down recently was money assets that were in an area that they don't need to touch for 10 to 15 plus years. <laughs> yeah. Now, now when we say well, your, your assets are set for the next 10 years, we don't mean to say that everything is is guaranteed to go up for the next 10 years. I, I sort of want to throw that part of it in. When you say your assets are set, what you're talking about is your income is set because the money that you're taking from the, that, that your distributions per- from your distributions. portfolio, yeah. and it's not coming from having to sell securities that are down in value to get that distribution. Right. And we've talked about the importance, we believe, of setting yourself up for that. When you talk to somebody who's about to retire and they're saying, how do you, you're looking at what I have here. You always look for their portfolio to have that 
five, six, seven year period of time where they take an income. That's the whole goal because we, we play what if. What if the market crashes right after you retire? What if the market goes down next year? What if, what if? And unfortunately, some people look at it and say, but doing it that way means that some of my money is going to be not earning very much. And that is a true statement because some of the money is going to be in areas that don't have the same volatility. And because of that, they're not taking as much risk. They're not going to earn as much. Earning 1% or 2% sure looks a whole lot better than what's happening in the market. Hey, I'll take 1% or 2% guaranteed by a bank or FDIC or whatever it is, well over being down 20%. Or, or more. 28, which I think was the last time I checked my 401k. I'm going to have to just keep my eye off of that. Is it correct to say then that somebody who's got a proper asset allocation mix, if you want to call it segmented buckets, whatever you want to call it, is it true to say that their bucket one should not be down at all? Yes and no. I mean, bucket number one in our vernacular is the distribution, the, the assets and distribution over the next six, seven years. So within bucket number one, there may have been some assets that we didn't need for five or six years that may have some volatility. Overall, depending on how you have your bucket one set. That money you don't need for another, you know, some of that money, like I said, the money that you need for this next year shouldn't be down at all. The money you need next year shouldn't be down at all. The money I don't need for five or six years, okay, there might be some volatility and variability in that, but not, not a lot. Yeah, and you set that up so you could tweak, maybe maybe potentially get a little bit more juice out of the bucket one. Now, if you switch to bucket two, uh, there's a good chance that some of that may be down at this point. I don't know yes. if all of it would be, but there's a good chance that some of it may be down at this point. Well, it depends on the, the aggressive or conservative nature of the individual investor. Some people have bucket number two investments that don't have downside uh, protection, but other than just being invested more conservatively, more balanced approach, and they may be down 10, 15% at this point rather than 30. Um, but on over the next six, seven years, I mean, if we look back to 2008, the average balance fund was down, I think, 20%, 22%. I can't remember the exact number, but it was down a decent number, <laughs> a lot less than the 50 ish percent that the market was down. Sure. But by the time five or six years had gone by, they were back into an annualized average rate of return that was in that 3 or 4% rate of return. What we're looking at right now is uh, you know historical terms and we're we're looking back and saying that we could see this. Of course past performance does not you know guarantee any future results. We know that. But we can at least look to the past as a guide and that's kind of the way it has been. And that's the whole purpose of setting up a time segmented a buckets type of strategy. I don't want to keep hammering that home because we've said it many times why we do what we do, but Professor Plum, these markets are exactly why we do what we do, right? This is exactly right. Um, Like I said earlier, we do expect market downturns. We just don't know when they're going to occur. And so they can occur 11 years down the line, like we saw in the last bull market, or they may be two years from now when we just start getting back onto our feet. Hopefully from this, maybe something else happens. We saw that happen in 2000, where we had the dot-com bust, where in March of 2000, the market started crashing. And just as we started recovering out of that we had 9-11 happen uh-huh. and we went down again and so we had like a double hit and so for two years three years the market was down um so we're always looking for what if and not what if the world goes great and everything works fine unfortunately we're looking at what if the world doesn't go so great 
and it takes a while for things to happen. So before we wrap this up here, what would you suggest people do? I mean, can they set it and forget it and still potentially be okay? Or should well, they, they be using this as an opportunity? before this happened, or they can look at this as opportunistic. If they had set themselves up under a time-segmented plan, a buckets plan where they had you know, 10 or 15 years of money, well, now maybe it's time to take some of that money that I don't need for five or 10 years. It may be a buying opportunity. It's a little aggressive, but it, you're looking for opportunities. Otherwise, you can just sit back and say, you know what? This doesn't affect me. I've got 10, 12 years, and I'll look at it again when I start seeing positive returns. But your message at the beginning was, if, if you're looking to do something like that, maybe look more towards stocks and not so much toward mutual funds? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about managing the growth component. What we were talking about earlier was not looking at the overall strategy, but looking at within the long-term growth bucket, maybe instead of using a very diversified mutual fund-based investment, maybe go towards more of an individual stock. But you, unfortunately, then at that point, need somebody to help you pick the stocks because it's usually more than an average person can do. Well, that is true. And it's why we talk about the importance of having, we believe, the importance of having both active and passively managed uh, funds, stocks, portfolios. Professor Plum, it's been great. Uh, I know you've struggled with the bronchitis. We're sure it's bronchitis, right? We are sure. The doctors are very, very sure. I have seen the doctors. We're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to reassure everybody listening because they may want to they, they, they may want to step back from their, their mobile device or whatever they're listening to. But we don't have to do that. You can get right up li- uh, next to it, and, and it, it, it all works out in the end. But you're, at, at least you're doing better than you were about a week ago, and I'm happy about that. I was coughing a lot more a week ago and more two weeks ago. That's right. So. Potentially next week, I don't know if we'll still be in the same studio, but hey, you may sound even better, right? That is the goal, yes. That's the goal. All right. Thanks so much. If you want to get in touch with Professor Plum, number to call at Lucia Capital Group. And we thank them, of course, for uh, sponsoring this for long, long, many, many years, decades now. 800-644-1150. 800-644-1150. I would urge you to give them a call. You can talk to Professor Plum over the phone or video conference. Not yet in person, but either one of those. And he'll be happy to take a look at what you have. It's 800-644-1150. All right. For Professor Plum, I'm Johnny Dean. This is Managing Your Financial Future, the podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by Lucia Capital Group, will be either suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from Lucia Capital Group or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based upon publicly available information 
information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. S&P 500 Index is an unmanaged index and includes a representative sample of large-cap U.S. companies in leading industries. An investment may not be made directly in an index. Before investing, carefully consider a mutual fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. To obtain a prospectus or summary prospectus, which contains this and other information, call your financial advisor. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protection from loss. The investment professionals are registered representatives with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, and member FINRA SIPC. Lucia Securities, LLC, was acquired by LPL Financial, August 2020. The investment professionals of Lucia Securities, LLC, are now affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital.